You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. That's our heart cry, Father. We want to be where you are, where your presence is, Lord. Where your presence will not be in this month of September, we will not be found there. In the name of Jesus, feasting at your table, listening for your words, for your instruction, running with your counsel and aligning with your will. That is our heart cry, that is our, our desire. That regardless of what the world brings our way, regardless of what storms are brewing, regardless of everything that is going on on the outside, Lord, we say your will be done. We stay in you. We desire your presence. Fill us with all of you. Have your way with us and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And God's people say a big amen. 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 Thank you so much, LifePoint Band. All right. Welcome again. Um, I'll do housekeeping very quickly. I know our service production head is probably having a fit right now because I was supposed to do announcements first, but we flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. It cannot be boxed. All right, so um, before we go ahead, let's just love on everyone who's watching online, everyone joining us, online gang, online family, we love you. Let me see, I'm trying to see if I can find anybody whose name I know <laughs> and do a shout out to them. Uh, online church crew, if you guys can give me, um, Tolu's online. Hey Tolu, hi Falabi. Why am I struggling to find life points? Okay. Anyway. Well, we love everyone who's watching online. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Okay. We had an amazing um, Thursday and Friday, of course. It was for Labby's wedding. God bless and keep your home in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, we, we had Bible study this morning for the benefit of those who missed it. We are still on Ephesians chapter 1, amen. We will complete next week Sunday. I think we did 7 to 10 today. Did we get 11? 7 to 9? <laughs> Someone said 7 to 9. No, it was like, I think we got to 10. Oh, we got to 13? Okay, anyway, we're completing next week. If you haven't been studying the book of Ephesians, please, I implore you, go ahead and pick up your Bible and start to study. We'll make available all of the Bible study teachings on SoundCloud so that you can access um, the teachings so far. But it's important you plug in. There's so much promises, so many promises, um, you know, uh, in the word that we need to harness. You need to understand who you are. Uh, please go ahead and let's love on Pastor Dolapo for sharing her God experience. Thank you, Dolly P. God bless you. But, you know, just... I, and I love how she ended her God experience because fundamentally, God needs for you to know who you are. His promises are like wrapped gift boxes. And until you unveil, unbox, okay, that's what we do with box, boxes, right? Gift boxes, we unbox them. Until you do the whole unboxing. Some of us are unboxing gifts from Boo and Bay. The gift that has been given to you, that, is, that far outweighs, you know, the gifts that any guy, any girl can give you. You have not unboxed it. You are staring at it there. Until you get into the word, you, you can't begin to unbox. So the book of Ephesians, it is loaded, guys. It is, we have been on Ephesians 1 now for how long? Aha. Uh -huh. It is loaded. And in there, you're, you're literally seeing, you know, God's finished work concerning you. By the time you gain understanding and light enters into your life on, 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 from Scripture... Some of the things we are worrying about, some of the things that keep you awake, some of the things that cause you to cry, you will not bother anymore. It's wasted effort. So instead of shedding those tears and hugging your pillow at night, get into the word. Amen? And that's for somebody. Because you still cried before you came to church this morning. Get into the word. Get into the word and go and see what God has said concerning you. The things that we're worrying about, he has already, he has parished, he has finished work. 
He finished it. Like, set it up. If God can just give you a glimpse of what he's seen, you know when he puts the you, the current you here, and he puts the you, the finished one from the time, uh, well, before the foundations of the world, the one he has designed, puts you side by side, you will not believe that's you. Is, is that me? No, that can't be me. Because our minds, the, the way our minds work, yeah, is too small to accommodate the, you know, the fullness of everything that God has designed. And so he reveals to us in bite sizes. The more you sit with his word, the more you come to know him, the more you understand what he has designed. So I've said all of that to say, don't miss Bible study next Sunday. Amen? Starts 9 a.m. It's important you show up. Let's grow together, guys. Let's grow together. See, there's already a shaking happening in the world. And I know I'm still on Bible study. But scripture says, they that know their God, to know. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. To know your God, you need to sit with his word. You need to spend time in his presence. You need to pray. Have conversations. Not those, um, you know, sometimes we pray as though God is so far removed from our realities. But he wants to have conversations with you every time. One of the things that I learned from Fortizo, our teaching weekend at our mother church, you know, that has stayed with me, is the fact that you cannot say that you are intimate with God when all your conversations, sorry, all your thoughts have not been converted to conversations with him. Literally everything you are thinking, you are discussing it. Every thought, there are some thoughts that we shield from God. Amen. As though he doesn't know it. But until every thought becomes a conversation, until I can get to the place where I'm, where, where I'm saying stuff like, oh, man, God, I just felt a bout of jealousy right now just seeing this post on Instagram. You know, it made me feel one kind. Like, I should be able to tell God that, oh, man, God, I just, I felt a funny way when that girl just walked past. Holy Spirit, help me, he wants to be in your life in every detail because you matter to him. You matter to him. And I know I'm already getting to the message, but let me just quickly finish housekeeping. So there is an event called Lagos City Network. Um, it's been put together by Faith Driven Entrepreneurs, a business resourcing organization in partnership with our mother church, the Elevation Church. Um, it's they will be hosting a business networking event on Tuesday, 6th September, by 6.30 p.m. You'll have opportunities to discuss business funding and networking with HNIs on diff in, from different industries. Um, if you're a business person here, you've started your business, you have a growing, thriving business, or you sit, um, you know, as some entrepreneur in a, in, a, in a business, we invite you to please show up. It's happening um, just further down the road beside KFA Event Center. If you need the location, just speak to um, any of our ministers at the InfoPoint desk. Okay, now, we're having our first Friday prayers. It was announced last week. It's a video. And I know the initial announcement communicated was, I think, 7 p.m. But we're starting um, this Friday. The video will hold by 11. So it's a proper video. It's not a mini video or a mini evening prayer meeting. Yeah. We're starting 11 p.m. by God's grace, and we will end at 4 a.m. Please come. Let's pray together. For those who are in Bible study this morning, Pastor Ayo spoke extensively about the need to pray, and more importantly, being able to pray God's word. So we're going to spend time worshiping and praying, and I know that if you don't go clubbing that Friday now, uh, Friday night, you'll be all right. I promise you, you will be very all right. Just that Friday. Give God that Friday. Amen? So bring your friends, your club bodies. Let's club here. Let's hang out here in the presence of God. Let's just, let's just arrange our lives. How many people feel the need for that? Yeah? Come to a place of refreshing. We're very burdened in our generation. And we're burdened about... I dare say the wrong stuff. Come and pray. Come and pray. I look forward to seeing everybody in the room and online. Just be here with us on Friday. 
Doors will be open from about 10 o'clock, so feel free. Um, if you don't want to go home first, you want to come chill in church, we'll start pre-service worship by about 10.30, and then um, we'll start praying by 11. Okay? Um, water baptism is happening 18th of September. That's in two Sundays from now. You can go to the info point desk to register. And if you're online, you want to be baptized, please put a comment in the chat room there. And our ministers will provide you with a link or get your details so that we can communicate to you. But we'll be baptizing people after service on Sunday. And I look forward to baptizing you. So if you haven't been baptized by immersion, now there will be a class on Saturday, 17th, before the baptism on Sunday, just so you understand the importance of what you're doing. It's a public declaration of your faith. So if you haven't been baptized by immersion, uh, you have questions, maybe you were baptized as a baby and things like that, we encourage you, it's okay, come and be baptized again in your adult form because now you know what it is that you're doing and you um, will appreciate the importance of what you're doing. So come get baptized if you haven't. Now, this month, we are starting a teaching series called Heart Full. Heart Full. Um, it's essentially us becoming better from the inside. Across the Elevation Churches, it's a month where we focus on love and relationships and all. But this month, we're drilling, we're doing a deep dive, almost a surgical process, I dare say. And we believe that God wants us to, he wants to open our eyes to see who we truly are, who he has made us, and to transition effectively from our current state into that glorious state. He wants to do a work in this month in our lives, a work of healing, a work of restoration. He wants to cause us to be open. When Pastor Dolapo spoke about her, her experience and her journey, Maybe you're in the room or online and you can relate because you've had a similar experience and that has kept you down and under. It has limited your capacity to be able to love or to receive love. It has put a cap on your ability to even progress relationally. You become relationally bankrupt. You become very distrusting. You know, you, 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 you become very fearful. God is taking off the limits in the name of Jesus and he's restoring you. He's making you into that whole new person. So this month, don't stay away from church. Whether you are dating, you're in a courtship, whether you are not dating, you are single and not interested in marriage, it's okay. There's something, there's a word for everyone. Whether you're at that phase where you're ready to marry, right? You, in fact, every, the hall is ready. Everything is ready. You just need the guy or the girl to show up. It's all right. God's got you as well. There is a word for you. And whether you're married already and you're trusting God just to continue to enjoy the fullness and the blessings of marriage, you want to understand what godly marriage looks like and to continue to walk in it, there is something for you too. So this month, God is working on us relationally. Please let me tell someone, you are going to be relationally full. You will be relationally healthy. God is increasing our capacity to receive and to give love. So don't stay away from church this month, okay? Now we've also put together a couple um, initiatives to resource, because we recognize that we can't say everything on on, on the pulpit with a 40-minute long message. So um, we're going to be having a pre-service conversation tagged how to. Now, in our generation, we recognize that there are men that don't know how to close deals. You don't know how to close out. You see the girl. You come on too strong, you chase her away. We want to teach you how to, because we want this month to be practical. We want to teach you how to. Now, auntie, everybody you are friend-zoned. <laughs> we want to teach you how to come out of friend-zone into becoming something more. Do you guys want me to start shaking tables? 
uncle that used to repeat boxers. We got you. Personal hygiene. Auntie that used to repeat bra because I know if I don't say that part, they would they will come for me. Yeah? So there is something for you. So how-tos, yeah. You've been, you know, and we've, they're, they're fantastic guys. Like solid jobs, you know, making all the money, godly. But you don't know how to talk. You are socially awkward. The Lord has come for you this month. So we're running how-to sessions, and we're going to have um, a fun conversation on the 18th of September, that's Sunday. It will start at 9 a.m. If you snooze, you lose. Show up early. Nine. Bam, we have a message for that day. We're going to get into a proper service. But we just figured out that instead of having um, us come again, maybe on a weekday and, and stuff, we're going to run an early morning um, meeting. So please, please, please come for that conversation and come with your questions. It's all right. Yeah? Um, I recognize also that there are issues. So there have been like gender conversations, Christian boys versus Christian girls. Christian girls get bored easily. Christian boys, don't, they, they don't have rhymes. Their vibe, their vibe is not, uh, they're, they're not, they're not all that, you know. So good girls want bad boys because, and all that. We would address all that, okay? Just come to church. 9 a.m., 18th of September. All right, I think the last announcement, to wrap up the entire month, so everything we'll be discussing this month, today uh, the, t the topic is who are you becoming, who are you becoming, next week Sunday, so it's a conversation on self-preservation, um, you know, and the things that really drive us, the, the things that push us to behave the way that we behave, we need to unpack those things and see really what God's heart is when it comes to love. Unpacking that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 and making it relatable, understanding and seeing ourselves through the lenses of God's eyes, how he intends for us to live a life of love, whether you're in a relationship or not. No, it's not about relationship. Every believer needs to walk in love. If you're a believer and you're not walking in love, you are wrong, totally wrong. Because the fundamental of our Christian faith is love. So if you're, not, if you're not walking in love, you're not displaying a level of, of love or walking in love, essentially. Let me just put it that way and keep it simple. If you're not walking in love, you are wrong. So we're talking about that this morning very quickly. Um, next week, Sunday, this conversation is on um, self-preservation. Uh, self no, self-awareness, yes. Self-awareness and self-reflection. So seeing yourself in your current state and how do you transition from where you are? What are the things that you're lacking? How do you recognize the gaps, the weaknesses? Um, you know, how do you improve on those things and become uh, you that you are originally designed and intended to be? We're all working progress, progress. We recognize that. But it's important that we don't stay where we are. If I was the way I was before I married, oh dear God. I've been married now over 10 years. Amen. <laughs> God has been good, but it has been a journey, guys. I'll be lying to you to say it hasn't. I have had to eat humble pie. I've had to grow. Marriage isn't easy. It's not for children. That's the truth. It isn't. You want to marry, you want to marry. It's not for children. But that conversation we will have later. Uh, the third Sunday, we're speaking about vulnerability and openness. And then the last Sunday, we're speaking on trust. So how do you leverage trust builders? Because we live in a world where trust is, has been eroded, you know. So how do you leverage trust builders? How do you recognize trust drainers? How do you avoid them? So it's an interesting month, and God has set a table before us. So please don't miss church this month of September, and do well to invite someone to church. All right. So who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Can I have that slide that shows the older versus the... Uh, current you. Will the older you think or uh, thank the younger you for their current reality? Multimedia, you need to help me with the slide. Will the older you thank 
the younger you for their current reality? Will the current you be proud of the things written about the older you in the future? It's food for thoughts. And I'd like to start from there. Would you be able to look at yourself a couple decades down the line and be grateful for the journey, the you that you have become versus the you that you were? What are the things that you need to put in place to ensure that you become that older you that is grateful for having lived a life that God can truly be proud of? We're zoning in very quickly this morning to just, again, like I said, who are you becoming relationally? What is driving you? The world that we currently live in is, in, is, is a world where morals are fast dis disappearing, where there's a lot of decadence, you know, where values are being lost. And everything is being done from a place of self-preservation. That's not the problem, because it's okay to look out for yourself. But we see what scripture says in Philippians 2. The fundamental issue is that there are things that are motivating this action, this self-preservation mode that you have activated, that you need to identify and address. For example, fear. Past experiences and hurts that you've had has positioned you to become very distrusting, to become very unlovable, to become one that, has, that your propensity to hoard love has increased significantly. You've seen your parents' marriages or some uncle and aunt, some relative. You've seen it crumble. You've seen friends. You've seen them have their hearts broken. Or maybe you have been served breakfast multiple times. You've had your heart broken over and over again. And you're just like, this love thing is so not for me. Love is overrated. Marriage is overrated. And you see, the very things that God has in his word shown you, or well, put in his word, maybe you just haven't seen them yet. You take a different position from that, a different stance. Now let me say this, not everybody will marry. I hate to break your heart. Not everybody will marry, and it's not, it, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase it. If you don't want to marry, it's all right. As long as you know why not. It's, it's, I mean, God has given you free will. He's not going to force you. In fact, what did Paul say? He said it's better for some to just stay so that they can, be, they can do the work well, the work of kingdom. Because marriage is responsibility. And that's what I mean by not everybody will. If you desire it, then you will. We said a couple months back in our teaching series that one of the things we must have is expectation. Scripture says, the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. So it is okay to desire to marry. It is okay to desire to love and to be loved. All these, but I am not a cockroach. I'm not a, how do you say that thing again? <laughs> you know, God, why? God, am I a stone? God, am I a, where are you asking? The, I know, and I know it's all, it's all fun and vibe and all that. But you're asking the wrong questions. Because you know that you are not any of those things. But I get, I get the point of view uh, for, from which those things have been said. The people that are getting it or having it, they don't have two heads. You need to continue in the faith that you will marry. I will marry. I will have a good home. So when just preparing for this, what came to mind was, look, there's, there's the word on the streets. But there is the word of God. Word on the streets is love is overrated. Marriage is unnecessary. It's a chore. It's a, well, not a chore. It's marriage is overrated. Word on the streets is men are scum. What does the word of God say? Some of us is the word on the streets that we have held to our chest, like the gospel. What does the word of God say? Concerning you and concerning your marital destiny. All men are cheats. No. What does the word say? 
My husband is a blessed man. He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't sit in the seat of scornful. His delight always, what is the word on your lip versus what's the word on the street is. So who are you becoming? Let's read very quickly scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3. I will read together. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verses 1 to 5. Let's read the NLT translation. Please open your Bibles so that multimedia just... I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay, it's up on screen. One, two, go. You should know this Timothy. Now, pause. So Paul was addressing Timothy here. Timothy, obviously, for those who are students of the Bible, is Paul's protege. He says, you should know this Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Go ahead, let's read together. Verse 2. For people will love only themselves and... They will love only what? And... Okay. They will be scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. Now, parents there also represents authority. So it's put any type of authority relationship in that space there. And what? Ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I feel like somebody just read this profile and there's a picture that came to your mind. A picture, as you are reading the characteristics of godlessness, there's a picture that just came to your mind. Scripture says to stay away from that. But more importantly, is that we do not even become these people because we are in, a, in an age where godlessness is thriving, where men are becoming lovers of self. Everything that is being done is being done from a position of self, self-preservation, self-love, self, everything self. And so self is determining the quality of friendships and relationships you have. You choose your friends by the size of their pockets, by the size of what you can, by, by, by the, the, the quality of what you can get out of them. Not necessarily what you intend to give to them, the value you can add to them. In fact, we have algorithms to make these decisions. There's a profile. And if you don't check that profile, you cannot be my friend. I remember when it was like fear scarcity and there was a whole joke. Um, not fear scarcity. When Diesel was, by the time he started, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it was fear scarcity actually. I was like, I, I don't even have a friend that has a feeling station or a gas station. Eh? I, need to, I need to review my friends. Who, please, you poor. You don't have, your husband doesn't have. What are we doing with ourselves? <laughs> you know, now it, was, it was all bants and all, but the point is, we are in a world where who you are friends with, what they can give to you, what they have, is a bigger deal. We posture from a place of self. They're pride, uh, sorry, they're prideful, they're boastful, ungrateful, disobedient, scoffing at God. God becomes very inconsequential in the scheme of things. Why? Because self-mode has been activated. Let me look out for myself. God, you'll be all right. Because I've been waiting for you to do it all this while. You have not done it. So let me help fast track the process. And so we make relationship decisions. Again, from a position of self. Not necessarily what God will have for you. What he's saying concerning you. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that because you're going to date someone, 
be blind to everything and just God said. If, I, if you come and tell me God said, I'll ask you to go back and pray again. And then I'll ask you, did God say it to the other party? Because I see we've also bastardized God said in our generation. Any guy that comes to you and says God said, just tend to calm down. Go and, go and sit down first. Because God must say to me, I'm, I'm equally his child, so I must hear. God said it doesn't work, oh. You don't, I'm, hey, not like that. What I'm saying is, we've seen how people have gotten hurt by God said. They have shed premium tears because of God said. All of a sudden, God becomes a very confused being. Because God said this month, we do the relationship for six months, and then you come and say, God did not say anymore. How? Is God confused? So hear God for yourselves. Summarily. You need to hear God for yourself. But this profile here, the characteristics that have been, you know, put forward here, very clearly show what we're dealing with. And so when people say things like, there are no good men anymore, there are no good women anymore, this is kind of what they're referencing. Because life and love has become very transactional. Motivated by the wrong things. And completely devoid of the God factor. Because we are looking out for, in, to our minds, we are looking out for our best interests. I remember speaking to, speaking to someone, she got my number, I, don't, I never met her before, but she got my number from someone who, who referred her for counseling. She's not even a member of the church or elevation church or anything, just someone. And we started talking. First of all, she spoke for three hours straight. And I was listening. When she started the first few sentences, I already knew where we were going. I knew, I knew the story, the end of the matter. But obviously, it was, it, it was um, marriage troubles. And by the time she was done talking, I just asked her, one, two, how did you guys meet? They dated for a very short period. That's not saying that whether you did for six months or you did for 16 years, whether one is better than the other. But very clearly, there were some things that were missing in that relationship before they decided to get married. And I asked her, why did you decide to marry him? And she said, oh, one day she was sick and it was raining and he came to visit and he saw that she was shivering. And he now went out and went to buy medication and brought it. And she just said, oh, this guy is a very nice guy. Ha, auntie. I said, what else? Thinking that, okay, maybe she was building up the story. Oh, you know, that just really showed me. And she referenced the story again. And she referenced the story again. Ha. She said, you know, it just made me know that he's, like, he's a very caring person. So why are we here today? <laughs> why are we here? Why are we in this conversation? All of a sudden, he's not caring anymore. All of a sudden, when I, when I got pregnant, he was, you know, he didn't used to stay at home. He goes clubbing. He spends time with his friends. He doesn't, he has been sleeping around. She now became Inspector Gadget. I don't even know how she did. I, I could not even figure out how she got all the information that she got. But she was showing me messages. And my heart broke for her. Because I asked her a question. I said to her, tell me about your previous relationship. And that was it. She had been married before. And she had been, she, she was maltreated, so she was divorced. She was, she was, she was a punching bag. She married rich, fine boy. And she was Barbie doll. He used to dress her up. She had to wear wigs, certain wigs. Nails had to be a certain way. Wardrobe had to be a certain way. But she was punching bag. And so she divorced him. And she was really young then. So it looked like any, the, just any little semblance of love that she just saw on this side. My heart was so broken because clearly the past experience is what has brought her here. So I've said that to say, look, God wants to heal you. If you're carrying any hurt, any baggage, whether you are the one that has been the one breaking people's hearts, God wants to heal you. 
Because there is something that is fundamentally driving you. That's not normal. I remember one of our pastors a couple years back shared his God experience here, how he got hurt and decided to go on a rampage, just breaking hearts anyhow. We thank the Lord that he caught him. He's happily married. He's a pastor. Amen. But he spoke about it. He was very vulnerable. And that's why I love our God experiences. Because every person that comes up here to share is literally speaking as an oracle of God, showing you what is possible. Showing you the transformative effect of the power of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. So it's not about who they are, or sorry, who they were, or their journey, where they're coming from. It's who they are becoming. The picture that God has put in front of them of what is possible. So you cannot let your hurts, your baggage, your, your everything, your negative experience. They said you're not good enough. They said you're not pretty. They, they've said different things. That can't keep you. Are they your father? Are they God? What, what has God said about you? What has God said about you? Which is why we're saying wholesome individual. We're touching every aspect because there is what God has said. There is your capacity to be able to appropriate that promise, to appropriate the word. There is wisdom for right living too. Knowing how to relate one to another. You can have the word and still be socially awkward. The Holy Spirit gives strategies, by the way. I promise you that. The Holy Spirit gives strategies. Do you go and read the profile of the Holy Spirit? He orders your steps. He gives you words. Some of us don't leverage the power of the Holy Spirit well enough. You will see something. He will show you something. You know, something random. Maybe something on TV. Something somebody said. And it just sticks in your heart. You need to be wise. We need, we need to be wise. We need to apply wisdom. So we see these characteristics here. Just moving on. Pure love is under attack. And the foundation of trust is being eroded, like I said earlier. Many understand and express love based almost exclusively on their experiences. Pain, hurt, fear, what you've seen, what you haven't seen, what you've read. Everything except what God's word says. So in a world of eroding morals, where people choose self over God and fact over faith, relationships and marriages are very clearly under attack. Relationships and marriages are clearly under attack. Pastor Aya said something in Bible study this morning. The more of God you know. Sorry, the more you know God, the more of him you should desire to know. The more, of, the more you know God, the more of him you should desire. Because he's the only one that can keep this body under. The spirit of God keeps our body under. He said something very instructive to men. And I've always heard this over time. They say there, when, as a man starts to climb up the ladder of success, there are three things usually. There's pride, money, and women. That you need to be wary of. And it's the same for women, for women too. Let's not kid ourselves. Some marriages are in trouble today because women simply have just not understood the concept of submission in marriage. And I know that's a whole thing. And if you're femi feminist, it's all right. I'm happy to have that conversation with you because submission isn't subserviency. It isn't. Go and check what the word says. If you're going to follow God, let's follow him totally. What I don't understand is how we take some parts and we leave some parts. Go and see what God's word says. The person that ordained the marriage institution, let's see what he says about marriage. Go and read it. He made man first. If he wanted it the other way around, he would have made women first. Abby. But he had a purpose, he had a plan, he had an agenda. And the fact that God calls man the head does not mean that he lords it over the woman. In God's mind, when he sees the family institution, See, scripture says that Jesus is the head of the church. And what does it refer to the church? The body. We are the body. But can a head function without the body? The head cannot function without the body. So they say in marriage that the man is the head, the woman is the neck. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But what I'm getting at is this. When you think about your marital destiny, you think about teamwork. You think about... A home that is built to accomplish the purpose of God. 
You don't think about, I want to marry, now so I can be having somebody to put putting leg on top of. That can't be you. That should not be you. That's just wrong. It can't be that I'm, I'm getting married just so that, you know, I'm going to have a baby-making factory. If there's any man in this house... Let me say, maybe it's for someone. Maybe you're in a relationship and they have already said telling you, when we marry, you know, you quit your job. You know, I'm just going to be paying you salary. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take care of you. Please don't be foolish. That's the summary. Don't be foolish. And guys, I know you guys have great intentions. You want to be able to take care of your wife and it's great. But see, your wife is also a full individual that God gave a vision to. What you should ask is, what's, what's, what is God telling you to do? How can I support you? How can I help you become the best version of you? Push her, prod her. She shares on my, ah, oh, gosh, my husband is not in service today. Well, he's not in service. Some people say today. We didn't see him last week. It's all right. He's not in, he's not in Lagos. But my goodness, I, I, when we got married, or before we even got married, but I've always had issues with just, I don't know how to sell myself, or I didn't know how to sell myself. Because I'm also melancholic, I'm choleric, there's a swinge of perfection, too, that I struggle with. And so everything has to be perfect. And so sometimes I'm making presentations to my husband, and it's like, Maybe you've got this. I'm still thinking about, how, no, it has to be better. You know, but he made it his point of duty to sell me some of the business deals that I got in my life, some of the open doors that I, it was because my husband referenced me, like referred me for them. He believed so much in the fact that you can do this and I'm struggling to see how. But he says, you can do this. You can. Till I eventually owned myself. Some of us were that way. Perhaps there's someone who's that way right now. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. It's two good heads, two good people. Because you connect with the wrong second and your destiny can just derail. We've seen that happen. There's a lot of joylessness in marriages. Why? Because either the woman is struggling to fulfill potential all of a sudden, she just doesn't have it anymore. Or the man is struggling to see how he can even advance himself. Why? Because there's a woman who's always berating him. Not constructive criticism now. Comparing him. And women, let me just quickly put this out there. Because again, we're building ourselves. I know that our demography is largely people that are preparing to get married. Well, you cannot be dealing with comparisons. I mean, did you not open your eyes before you went to and said yes to him, to, marry, uh, to date him? You're in a relationship right now. You're dating someone. And you're very quick to say, ah, see, see, what, see what this person did. See what this person said. You can't be that. If you wanted what they had, then you should have gone for them. But the man that you have come to, you understand his limitation. That is not how to get the best out of him. They say there's, there are two sides to every man. There's a king and a beast. It's the same thing too for a woman. It's the part that you speak to that will respond to you. And it is so real in marriage. Because in marriage, people are naked and unashamed. There's no, there are no heirs anymore. You have seen yourselves finish. Even though we encourage that keep an air of, um, what's the word, you know, keep, keep the other party interested. Don't be all over the place. I know you guys are young, so we can't be talking about tying rappers and things. I hope you don't tie rapper even in your singlehood. I hope that there's no girl in life points that ties rapper. Or the ones that I see now, you wear your hair bonnet to the supermarket. Like, who are you? Why? Bonnet. It just be anyhow. Some of us have put, packed people in friend zones. And just so, you are just so any. The guy is even trying to check you out. You are just anyhow. You don't know how to walk. You don't know how to arrange yourself. You don't even you wear the right bras. You are just anyhow. 
Guys, just come for the out to sessions. That's it. Because I think I'm already going in there. You don't understand your body type. Everybody's opening chest. You say I want to open chest. Meanwhile, you're broad-shouldered. Everybody's wearing tight-fitted with slitted back. You, you, oh, dear God. Don't get me started. Come for the out to sessions. But let's see. Who are we becoming? Who are we becoming relationally? And I don't want somebody to be fixated on just love relationships because God wants for us to be able to live together in harmony. Pastor Aya said something, and I'm referencing quite a bit because as we were speaking, I was just picking points, you know, and tying them. Spirit of God is just helping me tie them to the message today. So there's, there's a flow. He, say, he said that he, one of his strengths is that what God has given to him, he asked us all to go and pray, you know, that our eyes be open to see what is it that he's given to us. What was the phrase exactly? Yeah, what is, he, what is God giving to you? To be able to do life. He says, all that you require for life and godly living, he has made available to you. But there, there, there's an approach. There are tools that he equips you with. For him, it's networking. Some people are very socially, you know, they're, they're, they're social animals. They get into a room, they can easily make friends. But some others are not that way. They get into a room and they're just quiet, observing. And it's okay because we're all God's children. You need to recognize that your temperament is not a disservice. It's not a, it's, it's not a, it, yeah, it's, it's not a, what's the word now? Please, what's the this word? It's not a disadvantage. Thank you. It's not a disadvantage. It isn't. There are strengths to your personality type. There are strengths to your temperament. And there are also weaknesses. And you need to be aware of those weaknesses so you can work on them. But never shortchange yourself. Don't ever belittle to who you are. I've heard people say things like, ah, I talk too much. You know, they've told me that I laugh too much. My, laugh, my laughter is just very loud. I'm just anyhow. And they've got to feedback. But my, my response usually to them is, okay. So instead of because of that, you're not deciding to shut up. How about you learn how to laugh moderately? There's like... So <laughs> There is social, but don't, as in don't even let what people are saying determine how you live your life. Some of those, um, let me give you an example. Some, some of those feedback, it's good because it helps you recognize maybe it's an extreme behavior that you need to be able to control. But to then change yourself completely. The lady that I was referencing earlier, by the time she's, we got into her story and she was telling me how that, oh, she, so she, she wears a nose ring and she was telling me, oh, because she noticed the pictures on her husband's phones, they all wear nose rings. So she decided to get a nose ring. I said, fantastic. I said, what's the next one? What have you noticed again that you go and do? They, are, they have big butts, so you go and do a butt job. What next? A boob job. What next? How far will you go? How far? Yeah, she got a tattoo actually. So it was a nose ring and a tattoo. She got a, a tattoo, you know where they... <laughs> How far will you go to change yourself to become the people that men want? Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? So if there's anything you're living with here today, it is the fact that you need to check your motives. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I have the kind of friends that I have? Why am I in this relationship? You need to begin to ask Ask the hard questions. And what is God saying of, to all of this? If my, pos, my, my posture right now is one based on fear, on hurt, on, on negative experience, or, or from those things, then I need to check. I need to recheck myself. I need to course correct. If it is devoid of love, and let's go into 1 Corinthians 13 very quickly. We're reading the Passion Translation. Let's see, what, what does God say love is? This whole love matter. What is the character of love as revealed to us in scripture? The Passion Translation says, love is large and incredible. Can we read it together? Once you go, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. We're reading together when, when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. 
Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. No matter what your life has dealt you, love never stops loving. The God kind of love never stops loving. The God kind of love does not give up on people, except the Holy Spirit says so. Because we have to put that there. It's very important. You need to be able to recognize when it's time for you to take a walk. You cannot be there and there endlessly. No. God has not called you to that life. But love never stops loving. It never gives up. And I just want to say this because I recognize that inter, um, you know, we, uh, just amongst our friendships, it is important. I, I get worried when people struggle to build solid friendships, business relationships within the church community. And I need to just chip this in here very quickly. There is a reason why God has placed us in a church family. But if people struggle to do business with you, if people struggle to trust you, then you, you have a big problem. It needs to be addressed. Because we, 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 we've heard so much. We've heard so much about how Christians do shoddy work, how Christians can be very deceitful. And I say, well, the church is for the sick. We're all sick people. When we come to Christ as we are, he does his work in us, and we are becoming the people that he wants us to be. But if the fruit of the Spirit of God in your regenerated human spirit is not evident to all to see, then that is where there is a problem. That is where there's a problem. So let's be guided and just check our love walk vis-a-vis. Just put it side by side with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 here. This, this Passion Translation in particular. I know we all, we all know the whole love is patient, love is kind. But I like the way this brings it to life. It gives it a lot more, um, it makes it very relatable. It doesn't brag about one's achievement nor inflates its own importance. It's even a turn-off. And I love how scripture, God just gives us basic principles and wisdom for life and for living. For life and for living. When you, when you are with someone who's always talking about themselves, isn't it a turn-off? Uh-huh. Exactly. It's in scripture. It is there. Love does not. It is me, myself, and I in the relationship. At some point, you start to feel like it looks like I'm the only one inside this relationship because clearly this person has another agenda. In our friendships, too, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. Are you that friend that can be trusted? Are you that friend that is a person of integrity? Are you that friend that can be relied? You are dependable. Your word is your bond. When you say, I will do it, I will indeed do it. Meet you for drinks later and they are still waiting. And the person has the skeleton that is still there. They have age. They are still waiting for you. Never show up. You never prioritize your friendships. If you're in a phase in life where, you know, being socially available is a problem, it's okay to be, why would you have friends you cannot be vulnerable with in the first place? And I know that that's a thing in our generation. We have friends, but everybody's like, you know, hey, just drinks, drinks with the boys and that's all. Who are the people you talk to? Because these are the ways that you prepare for marriage. If you don't have one person in this, not a sibling, not a friend, that you confide in. How do you, do you know you practice with your friendships? Are you guys aware? A lot of the things we preach about and say for marriage, you actually test them out with your friendships. Your level of commitment. See, the people that will do you strong thing are those your friends. When the girl, you know, women are very wise these days. They'll go and find out. I say, what, what do you think about him? Ah, They will not arrange your work, oh, because, and please, no man should package his friend that is a 
that's a, that's a, that's a decent word. I was about to say that's a non-entity for any woman in this church. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And same thing goes for women. Because your responsibility, if the guy is your brother, will you let that your brother marry this your friend? So don't, why, are we, why, are we, why are we causing problems? You will not cause the problems and you not come and meet pastor. Like I was there when people were asking yourselves out. You did not consult me before you started the relationship. All of a sudden it's not my problem because two of you are church members. Please let's all be very guided. Your relationship, your, your responsibility as friend, yes, is to tell your friend the truth. Babe, see, let me tell you guys something. My best friend of 24 years, she's based in the UK. She's been there for quite a while now. We finished uni together, maybe like two or three years after she relocated. But we're still very close. When she started dating her, we were serving together. Like we went to school together, served together, slept on the same bed together, you know, all that stuff. When she started dating her husband and the guy, I'll be done in about five minutes, and the guy met me, you know. Of course, we developed a relation, you know, your boyfriend, your, your best friend's boyfriend is almost like your boyfriend. Who's can, where back in our days, it was open and uh, we're not, do you understand? When you buy something for her, you buy my own, take us out, you know, those things. Uh -huh. And then we're Christians now. So I, the only thing maybe what they were not having midnight calls that's all because like, what else you used to do they were not sleeping together so of course he wasn't sleeping with her he wasn't sleeping with me he wasn't do you understand so but anyway one day i get a call i was at work and it's like we need to talk uh -uh. am i your girlfriend how do, how do you start a conversation with we need to talk so i excused myself from my desk went into the restroom picked the call and the guy went off on me again we had that level of relationship why because he said, I cannot understand how you guys have been friends for so long and you've never told your friend that she has a, 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 she has a hygiene problem. Body odor. This was her husband-to-be calling me out. Now, I recognize that there are some conversations that are hard to have. You know, they are, they are difficult to have. You are trying to manage your relationship. You know, and it wasn't like, maybe I had not told you, but I just... I should always add my way because I'm big on fragrances. I'm big on good smells. So, and I know that with people who have bio like that, you, you, can, you can help yourself. So I'm very big on fragrances and just ensuring that my atmosphere smells very nice. But it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, it is really ridiculous. How have you been able to put up with this? I was like, hey, well, so I have told, I said, no. What did you do about it? And that's what a question I'm posing to you. A friend to a friend. Because God wants us to be relationally whole. That gap you're seeing in your friend's life right now, how are you posturing to help address it? If it is something that is a character defect that you know, this one, we need the Holy Spirit. Are you praying for her? Are you praying for him? Are you having the conversations? Have you bought them a book? Since then I learned when I had a staff. I employed this time and the staff had body odor. I went and bought the fragrances myself and used that as an opportunity to communicate the message. I learned that I will not be quiet. I will fix the issue. Because it doesn't make sense. How you be friends? Do you understand? So, don't... Let's, let's, let's stop all this um, playing around that we're doing. Tell your friend the truth. It is your responsibility. If they don't want to accept it and because of that decide to defriend you, it's all right. You have done them a good service. You have been true to them. And you say it in love. Your correction must come from a place of love. Help them understand why you're pointing it out to them. Help them understand how. You might even have gotten feedback. Talk to them. If you are the friend that cannot be spoken to, you need to fix it. Your ears must be open to receive correction. Somebody's helping you. To, they are helping you to package yourself for your future husband. Even for yourself. Let's even forget husband and wife. For you. You don't want to be that person that sits in a, in, a, in a meeting or you're in an organization. And your mouth, you open it like this. You release. But nobody can tell you. Why? Because you're very hard-hearted. You, you don't listen to people. You don't take instructions. You can't be that person. You can't. 
pray that as we just go through this month, the Spirit of God would open our eyes to see the areas where we need to cause correct, where we need to be better friends, where we need to be better siblings, where we need to be better children to our parents, you know, to the people that God has placed in our lives, where we, would need, where we need to do better. Our eyes will be open to see in Jesus' name. And as we prepare for everyone here, don't be, don't be shy, don't be tired. It's okay to say, are you ready to, uh, yes, I'm ready to, my, don't be shy and, uh, and quiet about it. It's okay to talk about it. What is not okay to do is to worry about it. And I just want to say that to everyone who's in a waiting season. That God sees. We learned the concept of time in Bible study. Your yesterday, today, forever, tomorrow is God's today, today, and today, and today. It's God's time. It's in God's time. God is very mindful of you. And he proves it to you. And I pray that in this month of September, God will show you how he's working on your matter. In the name of Jesus. He will strengthen your heart. He will strengthen your mind. He will open your eyes to see the things that he's doing in your favor. He will bring your way the necessary support system and encouragement that you require in this season. He will keep you standing. He will keep you strong. Your heart will not be... You, you, your heart will not be discouraged in the name of Jesus. That as you continue to wait, Job says, all of my appointed days will I wait until I see my change come. Your change has come in this season, in this month. I declare over everyone who's trusting God for, you know, their, their, their life partner, for their marital destiny. I declare that bones will start to find bones in the name of Jesus. Uh, scripture says that he puts the solitary in families. He says that none shall lack their mates. That is what the word of God says. So you will not lack in the name of Jesus. Quality friendships, um, marital relationships, God is bringing your way. For that person who doesn't have any friend, come and meet me afterward. I want to be your friend. You cannot just be in this church and you don't have a friend. We're, we're, we're a bunch of God-loving people and we'll be happy to, to receive. Exactly. Tony is also volunteering to be your friend. Don't be that person who sits here. And you don't have anybody you talk to in this world. No, that can be you. No matter what wrongs friends have done to you, we know that we are all human. We're prone to mistakes. But I pray that your heart will be expanded. Scripture says here, it says love is large. Love is large. I pray for largeness of heart for you. In the name of Jesus. To be able to receive God's love in this season. And to be able to give love freely. Let's take the declarations. We'll declare the word from that same 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 to 8. Can we have it up on screen? It's on the slide so that we can all read together. And we're personalizing it. And this is our prayer as I wrap up. 1 Corinthians, quickly please. Okay, one, two, go. I am large and incredibly patient. I am gentle and consistently kind to all. I refuse to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. I do not brag about my achievements, nor inflate my own importance. I do not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek my own honor. I am not easily irritated or quick to take offense. I joyfully celebrate honesty and find no delight in what is wrong. I am a safe place of shelter, for I never stop believing the best for others. I never take failure as defeat, for I never give up. I never stop loving. Go ahead and just pray in the Holy Ghost if you have a prayer language. In the next one minute, just pray in the Holy Ghost that this is who you are. In all its entirety, that you are true to this scripture. You never stop loving. You do not give up. You do not give up on love. You do not give up on friendships. You do not give, give up on marriage. This is who you are. And if there be any area where an adjustment needs to be made right now, as the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and it continues to reveal to you this entire month, would you declare that you are humble to receive instruction, to receive direction, to receive guidance? Uh, and you rightly apply the word. 
you rightly applied instructions in the name of Jesus. The areas where you need to cost correct, where you need to improve in, in hygiene, in dressing, in how you speak, you know, in how you relate with others, becoming a better friend, becoming a conduit of God's love, revealing His love to others, showing true example of the love of Jesus Christ whether it be in your social relationships, whether it be in your marriage, or that it, for, for, for the married ones here, that you are forgiven, or that you are forgiven, you are loving, in the name of Jesus, that you embrace, uh, you, you do not place your, yourself of more importance over your spouse. You support your spouse's vision. You support them. You hold them by the hand. You see you are rightly aligned with God's promises for your spouse. In the name of Jesus and for everyone in a waiting season, go ahead and declare that I do not give up. I do not give up on God. I do not give up on love. That what your hand needs to find to do in this season, God is bringing your way. The places that you need to be in this season, God is bringing your way. He's opening your eyes to see. He's bringing you to those friends. You know, uh, I'm, I'm just reminded of, uh, of uh, Falabi's wedding and, and the testimony that came out of it. How It was someone who connected. It was actually Tony who connected both of them. But they took action. You know, for some of you, you, you the, the connections have been made. You have refused to take action. May the Holy Spirit, Pastor Ayah said something, that God is a restorer. The opportunities that have been missed, God brings back to you. We declare in this season that everyone who's missed an opportunity to vitally connect with a destiny relationship, whether it's a social relationship, a marital relationship, a business relationship, a, a, a family relationship that needs to be rebuilt, we declare in this season opportunities are represented in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you because we are wholesome individuals. We thank you because you are working our Spirit of God. Enabling us to live the lives that you have called us to in this season, lives that please you. Enabling us to walk this love walk. We give you all praise. And I pray again for every hurting heart. I pray for every bitter soul. Receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Let the healing power of God rest mightily upon you. Lifting every burden of pain. Lifting every baggage. Helping you see yourself as God sees you. Whole, righteous, strengthened, joyful. All of this and more we ask in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being in service today. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.